Thank you for downloading this episode of our podcast. Hi, and welcome to the podcast for Solomon Staircase Masonic Lodge number 357, where we talk about all things related with Freemasonry, including Hermetic teachings, philosophy, reason, spirituality, and much more. We're located in Buena Park, Southern California. Tune in as we continue to update our podcast with informative talks and articles for Masons worldwide and those who would like to inquire within. The following article is from the May-June 2017 California Freemason Magazine and is part of the Lodge Spotlight Program. The title of this article is Lodge by the Sea, The Rich Maritime History of San Diego Lodge No. 35 by Antone R.E. Perucci. A century and a half of history has a way of stamping the soul of an organization. That is certainly the case for San Diego Lodge No. 35, founded more than 165 years ago in the then rural town of San Diego. As the first Masonic Lodge south of the Tehachapi Mountains, San Diego Lodge experienced the boom and bust nature of Southern California firsthand. Handed off from its Native American population to Spanish conquerors and then Mexico, the town of San Diego became part of the United States in the 1840s, just in time for the discovery of gold and the largest human migration in the nation's history. The Golden West In 1851, as the gold rush unfolded in Northern California's Sierra Nevada mountains, the only things gold in San Diego were its sunshine and beaches. Although it would later serve as an important transportation hub, those who saw the city in its early years, a small town consisting primarily of the old Presidio and huddled adobe buildings, could hardly have imagined that it would amount to much. Still, the enterprising Argonauts who settled in this sleepy Oceanside community soon discovered what thousands of failed gold miners would eventually learn. The true wealth of California lay in the fields and ports of this future agricultural and commercial empire. By the middle of the 19th century, several hundred people called San Diego home. Among these early settlers were a number of Masons. When it was discovered that many of the leading members of the town belonged to the fraternity, they determined to come together and petition for a charter. John Judson Ames, owner of the town's newspaper, The Herald, printed an invitation for all Masons of good standing to meet in celebration of the anniversary of St. John the Baptist on June 24, 1851. In addition to Ames, early leaders of San Diego Lodge included William C. Farrell, San Diego's first district attorney, and Philip Crosthwaite, the first county treasurer. The lodge also counted among its founding members a former governor of Texas, local state assemblyman, and town sheriff. The latter, Hungarian-born Agustin Harasathy, later moved north to Napa Valley, where he eventually became known as one of the fathers of California wine. From its early days, San Diego held some importance for its ocean access and as a military station. It is no wonder, then, that R.E. Raymond, owner of a commercial shipping business, and Daniel Barbie, a U.S. Army major and commander of several units stationed in the town at the time, were also involved in the lodge. A Treasure Trove of History John Goodloe is past master and current secretary of San Diego Lodge No. 35. As secretary, he has become the lodge's unofficial historian. People will call and say that their great-grandfather or some such was a member of the lodge. They want information, Goodlow explains. We have a lot of old stuff, including membership records, so I go through it for them and see what I can learn. The lodge records detail a history filled with change and redevelopment as the decades rolled by. When the city's population exploded in the early 1870s following the establishment of Newtown San Diego, or modern-day downtown, the lodge moved closer to the growing city center. 
It continued to change locations as the city's population shifted. When the Navy established a San Diego base in the early 1920s, the lodge's ranks swelled. We peaked at around 1,300 members, Goodloe estimates. Modern-day San Diego Masons continued to pay tribute to their founding fathers. A curio's cabinet of historic items and photos reminds members of their rich history. The lodge's founders, a shipping magnate, a sheriff, and business entrepreneur, a lawyer, a newspaper owner, and a military man, among others, exemplified the type of rugged individualist who chartered their future west to the Golden Coast of California. These men encapsulated the unique character of the great city they founded. Just as the lodge was molded by San Diego itself, so too was San Diego transformed by the lodge and the group of men who built it. The following article is from the May-June 2018 issue of California Freemason and is part of the Lodge Spotlight series. A Big Spark, a new lodge in Southern California blends a rich cultural heritage with love for community by Drea Moldavin Romer. The idea for Raven's Rock Lodge under dispensation came about when Alfred Isagoyan sat down to lunch with his good friend Jordan Yelenik, a fellow Mason. Right then, a spark was ignited. It was exciting knowing we could go through the steps and create something beautiful, Isagoyan says. A big light opened up in my mind. One of the lodge's main goals is to engage the local community, creating sparks of positivity that will affect change on a local level and in the world beyond. Today, explains Isagoyan, now senior warden, that light is still burning brightly. Our approach to masonry is not about titles or positions, he says. We are friends trying to create a change and keep this fire burning in our community. Ravens Rock Lodge brothers often combine their personable and charitable interests. Last October, they produced a popular cultural performance during which a string quartet played Armenian music while a local ballet performed alongside. In May, their classic car show will benefit a local elementary school. Recently, they also planted 70 trees in Armenia, which will someday become a Masonic garden. This act is emblematic of members' intentions, to plant seeds and encourage growth all over the world. We're trying to make a real impact, Isagolian says. The following article is from the April-May 2013 California Freemason and it's part of the Lodge Spotlight series. The title of this article is The Giving Lodge, written by Reinhard Kargel. In good times and in lean, charity always comes first at Riviera Lodge, number 780. When Bill Branch, past master and current secretary of Riviera Lodge No. 780, speaks about charity, it is clear that he sees this virtue as intrinsically linked with masonry. But he also believes that his personal drive to give back extends beyond his identity as a mason. My late mother used to say, it's what you do for others that counts, Branch explains. This may sound simplistic, but there truly is a special feeling that comes from it. Having given, I can go to sleep each night knowing I've done something good. This quest to do good is firmly embedded in the Lodge's identity. Past Master Eric Hatfield echoes, The members of Riviera Lodge believe that charity is an ideal and worthwhile activity. And Master Fred Votto adds, We live by the old saying, it's better to give than receive. A Legacy of Giving Back Many lodges participate in philanthropic endeavors, but what makes Riviera's story out of the ordinary is the tenacity with which its members uphold their dedication to giving back. 
Despite the array of charities Riviera currently supports, it is not a historically wealthy lodge. At one time, in order for us to perform the simplest act of charity, even donated $100, we would need to take a collection amongst our members, explains past master Lionel Ruman. The lodge operated on a frugal budget, its limited assets closely monitored by a dedicated finance committee who ran a tight ship with little waste. Riviera members even opted to rent rather than purchase a building, ensuring any surplus funds could be used to make the largest possible impact. And one donation at a time, for decades, this impact endured. About 20 years ago, Riviera's position was dramatically altered by an act of charity, this time one that benefited the Lodge. The widow of one of Riviera's charter members, Margaret Grimmer, was so touched by the Lodge's generosity and service that she decided to grant them an extraordinary gift in return. She bequeathed 70% of her estate, about $2 million, to Riviera's Temple Association. Rather than spending the money within the Lodge, Riviera positioned itself to give back. The Finance Committee, already skilled at maximizing resources, wisely invested the funds. Their careful planning has led to substantial gains in net assets each year, allowing the Lodge to sustain itself and enables its surrounding community to benefit. Since 1997, Riviera has awarded more than $350,000 in college scholarships to graduating seniors. In addition, the Lodge supports an impressive assortment of local organizations, including three elementary schools, a middle school, and a high school. The Boy Scouts, a food bank, Meals on Wheels, and the Midnight Mission, the YMCA and YWCA, a taxi service for the handicapped and elderly, the Salvation Army, veterans' causes, and the local library. Riviera also provides ongoing generous support to Masons statewide through contributions to Masonic charities. From 1999 to 2012, the Lodge donated nearly $175,000 in support of fraternity-wide projects, the Masonic Homes of California and the California Masonic Foundation. Riviera also contributes to the Masonic Youth Orders, Shriners Hospitals for Children, and several Scottish and York Rite charities. And the Lodge is quick to offer relief within the fraternity. In 1994, Riviera loaned $1.35 million to Santa Monica Palisades Lodge No. 307, where Ruman is also a past master, to enable reconstruction of their temple after a catastrophic earthquake. Beyond the Lodge Riviera's combination of financial support and outreach has made the Lodge a visible force in Pacific Palisades and beyond. In addition to donations, Lodge members strive to connect with and make a difference in the community through their actions. Brothers enthusiastically participate in cornerstone ceremonies and neighborhood parades and plan regular appearances at school events, including scholarship award ceremonies and parent fundraising activities. When I was master in 2007, Hatfield remembers, I was invited to all the schools we support and attended several of their fundraising events as well. At each school event Hatfield visited, parents heard about Riviera's donations and wanted to learn more about Freemasonry and about the Lodge. Several long conversations ensued, providing Hatfield and other Lodge members with an opportunity to demystify Masonry and represent the fraternity in a positive light. To offer another source of accurate and historical information about the craft, the Lodge has donated a collection of books on Freemasonry to the local library. These community connections have given the Lodge so much visibility that they now receive funding requests and event invitations from local schools and nonprofits year-round, through the mail, during guest presentations at Lodge dinners, and from member suggestions. And the Finance Committee is ready. 
Committee members analyze each proposal for feasibility and maximum impact, then present their recommendations to the Lodge during monthly stated meetings. It's not all work for committee members, though. At the same time they're ensuring the Lodge's financial viability, they are also solidifying old friendships and building new ones. The seven committee members share deep social and fraternal bonds and are active in other Lodges and Masonic bodies, too. All Riviera members are encouraged to attend Finance Committee meetings. Committee members' main goal is to ensure that the Lodge's spirit of charity and service will continue through future generations of Riviera Masons. Money doesn't do any good sitting in the bank, notes Branch, and it isn't the amount, but the principle that counts. The value of giving to those in need is that you have demonstrated your support. Continuing our Lodge Spotlight program, the following article is from the July-August 2020 issue of California Freemason Magazine and is titled Ask Us Anything. It is written by Antone Perucci. When a resort town lodge went digital, prospects came knocking. For the members of Big Bear Lodge number 617, high in the San Bernardino Mountains of Southern California, 2020 was shaping up to be a big one. In recent years, the resort town lodge had dwindled to as few as a dozen active members. But thanks to a dedicated outreach push and a bit of luck, for the first time in ages, the lodge had five new candidates lined up to take the degrees this year. Then came the order to shut down. Others might have grumbled about their bad luck or thrown in the towel. Instead, the Lodge used the shutdown as an opportunity. Led by first-time Lodge master James Morgan, the small cadre of Big Bear Masons forged a simple but effective plan. We thought, what the heck, let's just do what we would ordinarily do, but do it remotely, Morgan says. While stated meetings were off-limits, other kinds of online Masonic get-togethers weren't. So on April 30th, the Lodge hosted its first-ever virtual Ask a Mason Night. All five candidates were invited to the call, along with 15 Lodge members. They asked some pretty compelling questions, Morgan says, of the newcomers. Things like, has being a Mason made you a better man? And what does membership in the fraternity mean to you? What followed were two hours of frank and engaging conversation, the kind you might struggle to maintain in the hurried hour before a stated meeting. Everyone knows the best degree is the one that takes place in the parking lot after the Lodge. Morgan says, talking, sharing, and learning from each other that's what Freemasonry is about, right? The success of that first night was evident the next day, when Morgan began receiving calls from members of nearby lodges who'd heard about the event. They wanted to join in the next call and have their own candidates participate too. A week later, Big Bear number 617 hosted its second Zoom meetup, this time with more than 30 people representing half a dozen lodges, including Havre Lodge number 55 in Montana. Of those, a dozen were candidates interested in joining the ranks. The fraternity is bigger than the lodge, Morgan says. These calls drove that home for the candidates, who all had a chance to meet us on the level. Thanks to a bit of flexibility and imagination, Big Bear number 617 is poised to emerge from the shutdown stronger than ever, regardless of the size of its membership. Although there too, they're making hay. Since going online, they've received six more applications. So our final article is from the Winter 2021 California Freemason Magazine, and it is titled The History Makers. King David's number 209 celebrates 150 years of shaping the Central Coast. As unlikely origin stories go, it's hard to top King David's number 209. In 1870, the idea to start a new Masonic Lodge in San Luis Obispo formed during, of all things, a funeral. 
The service was for Alexander Murray, a notable figure whose death at 36 brought Masons from his two lodges in Santa Barbara and San Simeon together in mourning. This September, King David celebrated its sesquicentennial and all the history and service born from that initial spark. This year's celebration would have been unthinkable for those early California Masons, at least in form, as it took place over Facebook Live. But the spirit of camaraderie and civic engagement would surely have felt familiar even 150 years later. Here, with help from past master and lodge history expert Peter Champion, we take a look back at the important moments that established King David's Lodge as such an important institution on the Central Coast. And then I'm going to read the timeline of this lodge here. Brick by Brick, a Lodge History. 1860. On September 26th, Grand Master N. Curtis Green grants a dispensation to San Luis Obispo No. 148, the first Masonic Lodge in the county. Dr. Joseph M. Havens, a county judge, is elected Lodge Master. 1863. Jose Antonio Romualdo Pacheco, Jr. receives the third degree at San Luis Obispo No. 148, making him the only person raised in the five-year history of the Lodge and only the second Mexican-American raised a Master Mason in California. 1865. As the Civil War and droughts of 1862-65 have the county population, the Lodge elects to surrender its charter. Havens later becomes U.S. Vice Consul to Peru. 1870. In May, Alexander Murray, brother of past Lodge Master Walter Murray, dies. At his funeral, a group of Masons pledged to petition for a new dispensation in San Luis Obispo. On June 24th, the new King David's Lodge holds its first meeting. Levi Ratcliffe is elected Master. A charter is issued October 14, 1870. 1874, construction is complete on King David's first Lodge Hall in Higuera Street at a cost of $3,511. 1875, Pacheco is elected governor, making him the first and to this day the only Hispanic governor in the state history. In 1877, he'll become the first Hispanic member of Congress. 1894, construction is finished on a new Masonic temple on Choro and Marsh Streets. The first degree there is conferred to Louis Felix Sinselheimer, later to become the city's longest-serving mayor and its first Jewish mayor. 1903. Members of King David's Lodge lay the cornerstone at the new California Polytechnical University. Lodge member Myron Angel is one of the school's greatest early boosters. 1904. Following the death of his wife and infant son, past master Frederick Adolphus Dorn constructs a 27-foot-tall pyramid mausoleum. The final ashlars are ordered to be placed following Dorn's death, closing the period for all time. However, three years later, he remarries, moves to the Bay Area, and is ultimately buried there. The unfinished period becomes a local icon. 1913. On March 14th, Masons lay the cornerstone of a new four-story temple on March Street. The building is designed by noted Masonic architect John Davis Hatch. 1921. On September 3rd, past master John Witcher gives the nation's first radio broadcast of a lecture on Freemasonry live from San Francisco. 1923. In September, 14 naval destroyers run aground at Honda Point, the largest naval disaster in U.S. history. Mayor Sinsenheimer orders trains and taxis to collect supplies and deliver them to the scene. 1940s. During World War II, the Lodge is flooded with requests for degrees in advance of soldiers' deployments. All told, 55 courtesy third degrees are conferred during the war. 1971. 
As the 1913 temple begins to show its age, a bitter feud rages over whether to sell the property and construct a new hall or refurbish the existing temple. 1973. King David's confers the second degree on Yong Wai Lewis of Taiwan's Liberty Lodge No. 7. It's one of only two degrees conferred by that lodge at the request of a Grand Lodge outside the United States. 1978. After a protracted battle over the Marsh Street Temple, the lodge decides to renovate, with architect Jonathan Lindenthaler leading the project. 2005. On January 1st, Estero Lodge No. 719 in Morro Bay is consolidated into King David's. Proceeds from the sale of the Morro Bay Hall are used to establish a perpetual scholarship fund for students in San Luis Obispo and Morro Bay. 2010. The lodge begins a second renovation, including restoration of the doorway and facade to the style of the 1913 original. 2013, on October 20th, the lodge celebrates the 100th anniversary of the 1913 March Street Temple's opening. 2018, on June 22nd, with descendants of the Dorn family in attendance, lodge members mortar the final stones in place to seal Dorn's pyramid. The lodge's efforts are recognized with a historical preservation award. In 2020, on September 20th, the Lodge celebrates its sesquicentennial. Mayor Heidi Harmon and others point specifically to its history of charity, which today amounts to annual donations of $30,000 in scholarships to local students and $50,000 to local schools and nonprofits. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a comment. We enjoy hearing from our listeners. If you really like what you heard, share this podcast with your friends and lodge members. Visit us online at solomonstaircase.org.